Hey, Devil fans, you're tuned in to the Uncle Pucker New Jersey Devil Podcast, and here are your hosts, Chris Cole and Dan Martin. There, Uncle Puckers, thank you for checking out the Uncle Pucker New Jersey Devil Podcast. Uh, we're your hosts, Chris Cole, along with my friend and partner, Dan Martin, and tonight we have a third mic in on us. Um, Originally, this guy is a Jersey guy, so let's not shit on him too bad that he lives in Pennsylvania right now. But this is uh, Bobby Pennsylvania, a connoisseur of all things NHL and New Jersey Devils. So what's up, guys? What's going on? Welcome, Bobby. Yeah, how you doing? Excited. Seriously, guys, I told you this before, but I'm very impressed with uh, what you guys are covering. <laughs> so hey. you're the guy that's listening. I'm the guy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's our one downloader. Awesome. I'm probably two weeks behind. Podcast. Well, don't listen to the next two weeks. It just goes down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, though, because oh, this is a New Jersey Devils hockey podcast. What's the mood like in the Pennsylvania area these days following the Super Bowl? You know, and well, the flyer season. <laughs> it's, it's not nearly as bad as I thought. Yeah, no Hari Kari in the streets. Like, no, nobody's. No, really. Uh, yeah. You know, the bus stop in the morning. Everyone just kind of like, yeah, you know, it happens. The kids. The young kid's taking it bad. Yeah, you know, though, it, it was an amazing football game. I mean, there's no yeah. way to cut it. Like, even if you're an Eagle fan, like, you're going to bitch about that last call. But, you know, sure. at the same time, you know what? You played your asses off. Jalen yeah. Hurts is for real. This team yeah. is going to be really good for a long time. And it makes me so angry. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it was a heck of a Super Bowl, man. Yeah, it was an exciting game, definitely. So, it, are they, so they, they now they're, all their attention now is – to what the Flyers shitty season? I don't know where they go from here. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably walk down the street and still have my balls busted about the Phillies, but you know, yeah, you know, that's, oh, that's right. I mean, they had they had a lot of defeat this year. They they were lost in the World Series. They lost in the Super Bowl. Oh, well, well, they're not going to worry about losing in the Stanley Cup. You I'm know, pretty sure about that. team or that's true. Hopper team or something as well. Oh really? Oh really? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Just the uh, perennial, um, what is it called? A woman that never gets married and everyone else does? Always the bridesmaid? Always, yeah, that's the, I think that was the phrase I was looking for, Dan. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right, so uh, last time we were playing uh, The Wild, uh, that was the game on what, right. Saturday night? Yeah. I think. And uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that was the two to two to three overtime loss right three two yeah, yeah. overtime I, shootout shootout i have to say I, I yeah it was a shootout and i have to say as far as uh, that was probably the only game it was definitely the only game this season that i didn't watch i taped it and then uh we were doing a show and i was gonna go back out and uh and watch it and i saw the score and i was like you know what i'm you know tatar scored twice i'm like i don't even really want to watch the game so i'm guessing did you guys watch it uh, I never did follow up with it. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> you said we were doing a show. What, where can people find that show? The Uncle Pucker New Jersey Devil Podcast Show? Is uh, that the one you're talking the about? The one we recorded during the Wild Game? Why? Did we? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's the one. That's the one <laughs> that did not we record. Did. Right, you're we right. did about we, a good hour and it never recorded. We did a show is what I meant yeah. to say. As I was like yeah. saying it, I'm thinking like, did we or did yeah. we not do a show? And I'm like, you know, we didn't. I didn't watch the game because we were doing a show, but I don't yeah. remember that show because it doesn't exist. No, it's it, and it's only for slightly fewer listeners than our other shows. But it was the biggest you know. dictees of a show. Yeah, you it, know the worst part is though, like when that happens, like that was pretty. That was a pretty fun show. You I know, know I, I could have <laughs> ran like a backup, you know, on GarageBand, and even though you sound like you were on uh, Mars when we did that in the bathroom uh, on Mars. Yeah, you know, whatever. It's it's all gone now. So Bobby, did you? Uh, so now we're playing Columbus. So so did you hear anything, or do you have any? I what do you think about the whole Jack Hughes thing out? How long do you think this team could sustain having Jack Hughes out without things just completely falling apart? You know, at best they're probably a five hundred team. So if they can maintain that for the time he's out, um, probably keep enough cushion to keep it moving. But they got to play better than that. I'm looking at the standings, and I'm so nervous sometimes at how good this team is and how comfortable they deserve to be. And yet you can see the smallest slip off 
And oh yeah, for. it's it's incredible. It's just it's not like you know. Ten- I look at the standings, and the New York Rangers scare the shit out of me. They look uh, great right now. Definitely. Oh my god, dude, that is not a team I don't think anybody wants to play right now. And Boston's not really slipping. I mean, they look amazing. You well, know, they did lose. They lost to Washington, right? Yeah, I mean they're still yeah. winning better than three. Oh out of yeah, four. I mean they're, they're, they're I don't think they they can probably lose the rest of their games and still end up with the eighth seed in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean who do you want to play in the playoffs? Right? I don't think there's an issue. Nobody. I listened to your the second to last podcast, not the one Chris did solo. Um, well, you thanks for talk. checking that out. That was rough. <laughs> I would turn it right off. But, <laughs> um, what you guys are saying about you know who would you want to play? Yeah, and, uh, for that very reason, honestly, I don't really think it matters how far the Devils are seated. Um, they fall in the top three, and they had to go in a wild card. I just, I really don't know that's going to matter because, yeah, who are, are going to play? I'd prefer. Listen, for them, it'd be nice to finish on top, um, especially sitting there all year. As a Mets fan, you don't want to have that kind of last minute collapse and take that into the playoffs. It never works. Well. <laughs> but um, this is true. Yeah, yeah like yeah. even just going with some momentum, even if the wherever the seating is. To have a good like week or two where they're building, playing they, good, they feeling the solid, seed and still win the last six games, and that's all the momentum we need. So yeah, right. yeah, I'm not. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, isn't that? I'm thinking of the year. I think it was 2003 that we were really struggling. Um, the last the the co- last couple of weeks into this, uh, the season, and we finished up with Florida. We had a, a last game of the year, and it wasn't like a win and in, but we were just not playing our best hockey. And we had a last game of the season against Florida, and we shut them out, and we ended up drawing them in the first round, swept them, and then we went on to win the cup. So, you know, y- you're right. That momentum at the end does say a lot. It could be one game, could be 10 games, but it does say a lot because it really, that team was playing very poorly until that game. And for some reason, it clicked. It was playoff time, and they won the cup. You know, that being said, I don't. I don't see this team going into a prolonged slump of playing poorly, even without Jack. I mean, I was watching the Columbus game for a little bit here today before my feed went out. I wasn't loving the way they were playing. But here they are, you know, they have the one-goal lead, and, uh, you know, they're just doing what they were doing. But it wasn't the best. It was looking a little slow, a little broken down, and it's Columbus. Right. Who right. scored the goal? Jared Govich. Yeah. Oh, it's about freaking time. Yeah, it's nice to see him, you know. Coming alive right now when they need him most, to be honest. So hey, that's good. You guys remember when Johnny Hockey said he picked Columbus because he wants to win? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> money and all was it? <laughs> do you remember when Columbus said we gave him how much fucking money for fourteen goals? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean they they can both just go f themselves. The, the organization and Johnny Hockey, go screw yourself. Yes, yeah, you match know, made in heaven. You know, but uh, this, as far as uh, you know, this team right now, I do, and I. I mean, you're right, Bobby, 100% right. This team, you know, is keeps on winning kind of despite itself. And I just don't know if this team, without any kind of changes, any kind of trade, going into the playoffs, playing this way, yeah, it, they're going to probably – they could be the weakest team in the East if they go in that way. Um, so right. I'm I'm a big, big guy for a trade here. I, I think they have to – they have got to make a move or two. Yeah, we've been talking trade. I was wondering what Bobby thinks about, like – yeah, I mean, are is your all your sights on Timo Meyer too, or you got other people in mind? I honestly don't. I mean, that is yeah. kind of the number one thing. It's it's kind of the number one fit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think though you have to realize something though. As a Devils team, if we get him, mm-hmm. you're basically looking at our solidified lineup for the next several years, give or take. Severson coming out, Hughes taking his place, that kind of thing. Right. And, you know, maybe whatever happens with uh, um. Uh, the defense we got from Denver. Why am I forgetting? Grow Graves. Uh, yeah, right. Graves. Graves. Michael well, Adam Graves all the time, showing my age. But yeah, yeah I mean that that's that's not a bad lock in. No. Um, but we yeah, do... but you're gonna you have you you know this team has so much depth on defense with these young guys. I just no matter what happens this year, I don't see Severson or Graves back with this team uh, next season. Um, whether or not they're there at the trade deadline, I think Graves will be. Severson, I'm still kind of unsure about. Um, but you know, I. I you're right, though. They bring Timo Meyer in, and the amount of money they're going to have to pay him, Hughes, Heischer, Brat, if they make a deal. Yeah, you're right. This is your this is your two lines, two real solid lines, and everybody else beyond those two solid lines kind of become expendable. And they they and, can become expendable because yeah. every one of them that's highly touted, um, you can look at any one of their five goals and say, I could pull up anybody from the minor leagues right now and replace that. They might yeah. bring another intangible or two. Maybe this guy's faster than the other, but the bottom line is productivity. And recently, the second half of the year, 
it, like you guys said, right? It's Jack Hughes scoring or almost nobody else. Although yeah. I keep feeling like Brad is especially silent, and then I looked at his stats, and he's a sneaky third on the team. So he's yeah, actually, he does collect a ton of assists. Top. Yeah, but uh, you know, not quite the, the Brad I thought we we'd be getting at this point. Well, Very true. Yeah. If we don't pick up uh, Meyer, you know, I don't know what they're going to do for the rest of this year. But you know, my boy Holtz. I'm just sitting yeah. here and I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, he's got a limited skill set. But the one he has is pretty freaking fantastic. And all the scoring that, you know, Hughes has been doing, literally on his own, on whatever line he's on, is just such a threat. Yep. You take that guy, you give Holtz time to just learn to take that shot that he's going to score. Everyone will know it's coming and still goes in. He becomes that extra threat on his line for years to come. Now you're defending them. It's like, who do you cover? That crazy yeah. shot over the left circle? Or do you cover Jack Hughes? They're going to open each other up. They would still need somebody else. But Timo Meyer, yeah, <laughs> Timo Meyer, Alex Holtz, and and Jack Hughes on the line could be something very interesting to look out for. Uh, you know, I talked about it. Uh, we talked about it, and then it was never recorded. But I think I brought it up in <laughs> the one that I did by myself too. Um, that yeah, that can be kind of scary. But uh, you know, how much foresight does this team have as far as you know what if they had their heart set on Timo Meyer? There's you know, I mean, I was kind of looking and reading and. They were saying, like, uh, I forget what trade it was. It was, I think, last season. But they were kind of comparing it to the Timo Meyer trade. And it was, like, you know, two first-rounders and, like, a couple of really late-round picks. And I'm thinking, I can live with that. You know, if you can, you know, if you're not taking anyone out of this lineup right now and you're just giving future prospects with the depth of this prospect pool, I'd be fine with that. But then I've also read things where it was like, you know, they're going to want, you know, everything. And, uh, you know, are you going to deplete your team too much and get yourself into a salary cap situation you might not be able to get out of at the end of the season? You know, here's right. the thing with that, though. You, you have, you know, all these players that can come and go. You, you've got total lack of thought, or I forgot everything I was about to say. When you, that happens. Yeah. Yeah, man. You just point to Dan and say, start talking. Yeah. Yeah. Start talking. I had a little Well, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, look, I, the salary cap thing is the one that I'm most worried about, but yet I'm going to be honest, the most ignorant about. Like, I don't know exactly where we shake down with this uh, because we have those players where, where it looks like we're almost definitely losing those big salaries that we're paying them, like like Blackwood, right? It's yeah. a huge amount of money. Steverson. Steverson. Like, so that's coming off the, the books. You definitely don't want to end up stuck. And, you know, like that that is really tough spot to be in. But I think like you're right when you say like those the some of those players are going to become expendable once we lock in on those two lines. Yeah, and they're going to be like those revolving pieces that teams have, and that's where I feel like um, that's all the more reason you need a really good coach and a system that works. I'm still on the fence if we have that. I really I agree. love what Lindy Ruff has done for much of this season, but I still I'm not 100 percent sold. So I don't even know like. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're looking at, like, after trade deadline, where they shake out, and even, like, years beyond. But, I mean, is Lindy the Rough the, Lindy Ruff the guy to, like, <laughs> Lindy take, the Rough. Lindy <laughs> the Rough. The crime dog. No, is he the guy to, it's like... I, Lindy the Rough. I mean, does he have, like, a system, per se? He's not a system coach, right? I mean, you know, there are coaches who have systems. I don't see him that way. Maybe I'm wrong. No, but it also kind of – I agree with you, which also kind of begs the question of how much better could this team be if they were actually being coached with a real system, a real philosophy, a real culture to buy into? Because that is that is one thing it does look like it's lacking is yeah. that like – I guess it's veteran leadership, a maturity about them. But they do kind of seem like they have all the tools, but they, they haven't quite put it all together yet. And, yeah. and you know, we talked about this a million times. That comes down to coaching. Right. And I mean, he's gotten overall some really good results. You can't deny some of the amazing things this team's done this year. But it's so weird because, like you said, the uh, the mix seems so volatile that like it, it could go higher. So mm-hmm. like you're like, maybe you're going like he's not driving his car fast enough. Like he's just not the driver for this car, you know, like, like in that racing kind of term. Like, I don't know. And on the other hand, how much credit should we give him for being able to corral a, a very young team that maybe is like a year ahead of schedule and breaking out, you know, maybe he's, maybe it's more him, you know, and, and I'm not recognizing the system he's got. Sometimes I feel like he's juggling lines so much 
that I don't know what the hell he's doing. Then recently, I'm like, why is he keeping this one line together? I agree. Not, I was going to fucking know? bring that up. Yeah. I was going to fucking bring that up. Like, the yeah, always the one... juggling lines, but now he stopped doing it for this one line that's no longer producing. And I, I don't my, understand. You know, my eight-year-old asked me to check the lineup real quick before, you know, the game started. And he had the same exact reaction I had, especially with Hughes being out. He was like, why the heck is Mercer on the third line? I'm like, right. there you go, wow. bud. I don't yeah. know. He should be up on the second line, but Hall is occupying that right now. So. Lindy, there's an eight-year-old who has a good question for you, sir. And then the, the, if you answered, well, you're yeah. right. I think there's a there's a little bit of credit he does deserve to get. This team is clearly mm-hmm. ahead of where they should probably be. Yeah, this time at least a year or so, right? We all agree on that. Yeah, and and I, I go ahead, Bob. Finish. You said the point I wanted to bring up earlier kind of had to do with that and the trade. Like, is it too much to ask for Timo Meyer? And the bottom line is it's not. So right. we have been losing for a very long time, right? We're kind of always building, always building. I think the fan base is probably scared of the idea of giving away like two first-round picks and a prospect and a player. Right. We have it. We have it in abundance. And we are literally in like we can win now. Right. So I have absolutely no problem with doing that. You get him in. You lock in his salary. Now you know what you're dealing with. And, again, you're going to lose Sharon Govich. You know, you there's just guys you can pop up there. I mean, I love yeah. these guys. Everybody loves these guys when they're doing well. Oh, I don't want to get rid of him. He just, you know, he got 12 goals. Like, you know, I guarantee you, you bring foot up here and give him a legitimate chance. He'll give you 12 goals. Yeah. We're going to love whoever's playing on the, you know, playing there. You know, I, I think I said in one of our first podcasts, I don't love any player that, you know, any name on the back of the jersey. I give a shit about the team. I want the team to win a cup. And, uh, you know, you're 100% right, dude. If, they're even, and I, I don't know if Tom Fitzgerald has shown that he can, you know, that he's overly cautious on making big moves or anything, but we really haven't, he hasn't really made like a blockbuster. He made a ton of signings, but there hasn't been a blockbuster trade. I completely agree with you. Now's the time to do it. Pull the trigger. You're not going to ruin this friggin' team. It's not like we just, you know, traded up for a uh, first round quarterback for a number one pick quarterback and he's a bust. We're talking about a guy who's proven who you know is going to play, you know, five, six, seven years with this team, play his ass off. He's still in his prime, and you're giving up. A, if you have to go, I don't, you know, any of them, any anybody in that bottom six right now and goaltending, I'm fine with. I'm fine yeah. with the, seeing him go. You have to look at the market you're in, and you may be doing well right now, but look what the Rangers did. And I heard what you guys are saying, right? Yeah, listen, he's not the player he was a couple years ago. I would still love to have him on this team. Definitely makes him better. you got to keep up with that. I don't know how much, for example, maybe you guys have heard anything about, you know, the Mets' new billionaire owner and what he's doing. He gets all this crap for spending money, you know, like the Yankees used to do in the early 2000s. And basically he's looking around going, Atlanta won the division. They got better. Mm -hmm. Philly went to the World Series. They got better. I'm supposed to just sit here and say, well, nobody wants me spending over $300 You know, like when when the time's right, you got to go. Yeah. And I I, I, think that we're going to win the cup this year. I'm saying that we're definitely set up to be a contender for a while now, but this could certainly help and you're not losing anything by getting them. And especially if you feel that the windows now and you got to, you know, this is a team that's going to have the window open for, you know, you figure what five years from, you know, for the next five to six years, this team should be competitive. You know, of course, barring injuries and terrible things happening, of course, but yeah, they should now, you know, the rebuilds over. Now you have to actually manage your team. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, a guy like Timo Meyer. I just, you know, is there anybody else that you guys can see if Timo Meyer, this thing doesn't happen? I'm not on that level, right? I mean, I don't see anybody close to that level. I don't even know how much I would go after the remaining people I've heard their names floated. It just doesn't seem like it's too much of it is really worth what, you know, you're going to give up for them. They seem like it's kind of a wash. I don't know. Bob? No, I really don't. I mean, unless it's kind of just that under the radar, like a, a real hockey trade that we would never even think of because, you know, the guy's locked in on a good contract or something. I don't know who that would be. And right. it just really right. makes sense for both sides. I don't see that semi-rental or no. even that one year and re-sign them type of thing. That's not him. And, and quite frankly, if you're not going to – I wouldn't want to go all in with anybody else. No, I would no. rather say, okay, you know, there's a couple guys in this team that know they need to be scoring more. Use the last 30 games, maybe get him up on the top wing, you know, try something for a little while. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we've we've been saying it for a while now. You know, Dawson Mercer deserves a fair fair shot, you know, to try and actually see what he can do. Because I think he has the potential to be a consistent 
20, 25 goal scorer in this league uh, and be productive. For a while last year? Yeah. Yeah, worked real well, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it did. I mean, I think there's probably every possible combination that Lindy Ruff has put together over the course of the last couple of years. I think Mackenzie Blackwood played a shift at center. So, yeah, he he just fucking keeps on juggling them. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure they did play together for a while. I, I don't know. I was thinking that, if anything, what I'd like to do with the trade deadline is just neaten up some stuff that I'm worried about being liabilities in the postseason. So, like, I don't know if we can move a solid number two goalie in place of block, Blackwood. Who, by the way, played excellent his last outing. No Man, doubt he about did. It. But you know, I still feel like if Banachek goes down, I don't feel comfortable with him as our backup. I don't know who's out there that is really worth getting. But he's on his way out too, right? I mean, he's on his last year of his contract. You're not going to get much for him, so you're going to have to give up. What do you really want to give up for a number two behind and- Banachek? That that's actually out there today? I don't know, man. I don't see too many. I think we're probably going to end up standing pat with Blackwood. On the other hand, too, I look at Severson as even the bigger liability because he's out there way more time, and you know, God willing, Blackwood won't play any games in the playoffs. But um, uh, you know, Severson will, and I feel like he's the guy who could really hurt us in the postseason. He might even win us a game in overtime with a beautiful goal. He's that kind of player. But I feel like he's gonna, you know, give us a million little reasons throughout the playoffs why we wish he was had moved on to another team, and I don't know what we could do to replace him. I don't I don't know if, if there's enough time in the season to try to move up some of our young guys and see if they could fill his shoes because, you know, he does come up with goals. It's, I don't know, it's asking a lot right now. Well, so I'm thinking, so you'd be okay with a, you know, Severson going, if it's not that big blockbuster, maybe go get somebody that, you know, is a stay-at-home, more sound defenseman, somebody that, you you know, you're, you'd be okay with that. Yeah, I, I would. Um, but, you know, look, I think postseason he adds some potential for goals. So, ideally, I would get a, a defenseman who's much more, res, you know, responsible on his own end, but can at least chip in with maybe half the goals we might expect from Severson in the playoffs. You know, like right. a few goals. Not not like, you know, Severson, if we had a good playoffs, he should, what, score like seven, eight goals in the playoffs? If they yeah, had for a, deep a good run. one. You know, I mean, that's a really good run, and they're doing well. Um, I'd be happy with a defenseman. I feel like it's likely that he could chip in a couple, maybe key ones, but be much more responsible than Severson. But honestly, who's out there with that? I don't see like too many guys you're going to feel like, oh, definitely. You know. Yeah, On the other I hand, don't... my bar for Severson responsibility level is so low that I don't even know. You know, and He has been playing better. He, he has been. He has been. A few less errors and stuff, and maybe you can pull it together. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like uh, there's probably not going to move Blackwood or Severson this year anyway. So it's all a moot point. But, you know, that's where I feel like if we can't get the big blockbuster, we can't get Meyer, maybe there's some addition by subtraction, you know, just getting rid of some of the liabilities and really just those two guys when I'm thinking more than anything else. But, you know, we, we, we don't have to replace Blackwood with much, but, you know, they're, you know, I got to have something and, um, I mean, honestly, I think I would be fine if we could get something for Blackwood that would help us in another area. Probably won't, probably won't get that and just bring up Schmidt, you know, and like just roll the dice with that. I mean, well, definitely the plan next season, you know, there's no way they're going to bring Blackwood back if he's still here by the end of the season. Uh, Schmidt is the guy. Um, yeah. I mean, you maybe know, if you took a giant pay cut, the, the organization uh, seems to like him, but. Like, I, I mean, I just think you package whatever the fuck. I'd be a terrible general manager, man, because if, if San Jose called me and they are like, they were like, yeah, we're going to work with you for Timo Meyer, we want, and they could rattle off half my team, I'd probably make the trade. That's yep, how yep, bad yep. I want this guy. Yep. Uh, I just think it is so going to, it would be one of the scariest lines in the NHL having Jack Hughes and this guy playing together. It's like, you know, you watch Timo Meyer's highlight reel. Watch Jack Hughes highlight reel. Doesn't take a fucking genius to see. Holy shit! You put these two dudes together, and you could have a dominant, dominant line for a long time. What's our our, our history with trades with San Jose, though? You know, I was trying to think. How did that ever work <laughs> out? Because teams do have a tendency to have a relationship where they seem like some trade with each other more than others. You know, we traded with San Jose a lot. Yeah. Uh, what's our gets of, of recent? Well, years? as a matter of fact. I have right here in my handwritten letters, um, my, in his personal opinion, top five Devils trades in 
history. Uh, so part we could actually that talk about that. But let me see. But as I was doing the research, I did see a ton of teams with San Jose that we traded mm. with. And okay. um, I'm trying to think, you know, did Jeff Friesen come from San Jose or did he and, come uh, from Anaheim? Oh, Anaheim. Fuck. Was it Anaheim? Was it? Bobby said I know he spent time there, but which one did he come from? That's a good – are you sure? I could believe Anaheim, but I'm not I sure. I thought that we made um, – yeah, I thought that we made the trade with – it was either one of them. Okay. Um, and so, hang on. I will get to that website, and I can actually check it. Um, Is that a three-team trade? Because Sakura went yeah. to Anaheim, so it may have been a three-team. That, that makes a lot of sense. And that's the other – I was thinking about that when you guys were talking earlier. The three-way trades – that happen at the deadline are the ones you never see coming. They move yeah. people that you didn't expect to move from one team to another. And so that's that's another way we could get surprised with something, hopefully something good, uh, that we're not seeing right now. Because the three-way trade's hard to imagine. you, you got to look at the interests of two different teams, if not all three, you know? Hang on. i got to find this freaking thing. I, the, the website that I had that gave me all the trades... What is that, Lemon Party? Is that what that is, Your Honor? No, it wasn't oh, Lemon Party. You should look that up. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Put that in your browser. Look at it. All right. Lemon, what's it called? Lemon Party. This isn't going to be like some fucking fruit porn, is it? Um, No, I mean, you know, there's, what no fruit, it? there's no fruit in it. An old man. <laughs> <laughs> you never heard this shit? No, you know, Bobby. Do you know what this is? No, I've heard about it. An an old man gay orgy that is good. That is good at inducing vomiting. Don't spend any time. Old man is sucking another old man's dick while he's making out with another old man. All right, I'm done reading. Bad. I do not. And speaking now, there's another segue. Can I just say something else? You know what? You know, if the NHL makes a fucking no, because the, the this lemon party made me think of this actually. Oh, but if the you, the NHL makes a fucking right, getting there. Yeah. With, with, you know, the NHL makes a fucking deal with you know the community of New York, and if that community of New York is that the Rangers have to wear a fucking pride jersey during fucking warmups. And they fucking, you know, I'm sorry. I'm tired of this. You know, oh, I'm not going to wear the pride jersey. They're so fucking homophobic in the NHL, seriously. Like, I understand there are a lot of dudes from, you know, Eastern Europe that, you know, they they believe strictly religious, the Russian Orthodox and all that. But for fuck's sakes, dude, we're not making you have a fucking lemon party. Wear a goddamn practice jersey. You know, like, seriously. What's the deal about who on the Rangers is making a big deal? They uh, they didn't say. He said it was he, whoever it was. They said just that he claimed it was because of his Rus- Russian Orthodox religion. So it was oh. before uh, Tarasenko got there. So not him, some other Russian. Okay, because then there was also the flyer, and then yes. I think uh, what's his name, uh, Coach uh, Fonzie had to. <laughs> he, he spoke up on his behalf. He's like, hey, yeah, so. <laughs> yo, easy. So wait, what did Tortorella say about it? Uh, that he he totally respects his right to not wear whatever jersey or. I whatever just think it's a bunch of fucking shit. I really do. Like, oh yeah, it's twenty twenty three for Christ's sakes, man. Yeah. No, I get it, and it's it's weird because uh, you know you hear you hear this uh, happen a lot in NFL. I hear a lot of people complaining about the Super Bowl and certain ads and. Why don't we look at a rainbow? I'm like, are you worried about a rainbow? But whatever. I mean, it's the whole culture war, 2023 America these days. And uh, these guys are Russian. Yeah, I know. But I mean, this this is happening here and it's not just the Russians. There's a lot of. I know, but there's like the most non-threatening jerseys. You know what I mean? Like it's come on. It's for 20 minutes before a freaking hockey game. Like, you know, it's part of your freaking deal. It's gay pride night. You know, there's a lot of that community is in attendance and you're basically just spitting in all their faces because one, maybe two dudes on your team has a problem with it. Come on. Um, didn't they have a, like, they all have military appreciation nights and then they have like a Jersey that was like camo yeah, or some sure. shit. Did I imagine that? No, yes. So like, you know, look, if somebody's like, Hey, I morally object because our military has done this or that. 
And I can hear, <laughs> hear where they're coming from. I understand yeah. there's this and that. How's but, that going to work you know, out for him? Well, yeah, exactly. That, there's that, like the individual player. I, I honestly don't even give a shit. Like if, if the team wants to have them all out there and this one player is like, I'm not wearing that jersey. Well, you know, the, I can understand the team going, look, we have a contract and it says here you're going to fucking wear whatever jersey we put on you. And then you're breaking contract if you don't. On the other hand, if it's not really in the contract and they brought this in after the contract, they want to make a big deal about it. If the team's like, I don't give a fuck. Don't wear it if you don't want to. And then everybody else will wear it. And you can look like a fucking idiot, you know? Like, either way, they want to handle that. I don't have a problem with it. I don't know. But do you have a problem with it just saying, okay, nobody wears it then? Because this yeah, dude has I a do. problem with it. I do. I, I feel like, okay, if you don't want to do that and you're opted out of it, fine. Is it was it that they put that question to the whole team and they just said, yeah, none of us want to wear it? I kind of like, uh, I don't know. I, um, You know, look, the NHL has to have a certain amount of control over its teams pushing promotions, right? If you look at it as just like any other promotion thing, not just, you know, people are upset because they feel like it's politics or whatever. But whatever it is, if the NHL makes rules and the teams don't follow, you have a league in rebellion. And it, like that doesn't work out well, you know. Uh, on the other hand, you know, I can also understand where this could be taken in a way which I might have come down on the other side, which is, you know, like, no, you shouldn't have the players pushing this or pushing that. There's some things that I would disagree with, you know, um, definitely not this issue. I mean, like, wh what the fuck? I mean, you're just really helping people, especially kids and people who, you know, feel like they don't belong to tell them, yeah, you do belong. And that's been hot, the NHL's big message, right? Hockey's for everybody. So I don't see this as a problem at all. But, you know, in a theoretical sense, if the NHL was like, you know, putting up something that I felt was crazy, you know, like, like, why are we doing this? I came here for hockey. I get that sentiment. You know, I just think that in this case, uh, I don't understand the real problem with it. I'm also not surprised that it's Russian players. I mean, Russian players are, you know, they're, they're Russians. And if you've ever seen crazy videos from Russia, you know exactly what I'm talking sure. about. No, it's uh, they're living in a different world. At least a lot of them are, you know? So my, no, Bob talk about like forgetting what you were about to say. Cause yeah. I was, I was just going to say then like, and you know what? I don't even fucking remember. Dan, you just well, babbled on too long. I completely That's forgot. what happened. The babble ate you up had all an your excuse thoughts. what? It was my first time. No, there that's you true. He's, your he's, sure. he's a virgin. It's your first time yeah, with Bob here, so that's your excuse. I do. I'm, I, you know what? I should just go. I, I just I failed everybody, <laughs> and I apologize. <laughs> no, you guys are just so, trying to think about what you're saying and make sense. That's why I never run out of things to say. I don't give a shit if I make any sense. <laughs> It's a good it's, point. I'm, I'm probably oh, I remember made now. No sense at all. I remember now. How much do you think that whole issue, or is do you think this that whole issue, if it happened or for another major sport, or if people gave a shit about hockey like they do every other sport, do you think that that would have been a bigger deal? Oh, if it yeah. was, yeah, you do, right? Yeah, I mean, if this was an NFL story, it'd be all over the place. You like know, even if it was just at practice, you know, before yeah. a game, the teams just decided they weren't going to wear it. That would be a huge, huge deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's crazy. It's so weird. Crazy. The NHL's getting away with one here because it's kind of like a ripe for controversy. You know, you can see news networks picking it up and all that shit. And um, if it... You know, it's probably like this close. I mean, if you just get a little bit more word out there and you get some right. of the stations to pick up on it uh, or have some kind of organization, yeah, a, I want it, you know, this player is awful, you know. and, and It was it, like two major awful. fucking city teams too. Like that, it was, it's not like this happened fucking Columbus and, you know, uh, I don't know, fucking hmm. Florida, Arizona. I think Florida might be illegal for them to go along with it. Some... Governor well, there might have passed the law. <laughs> they're actually they're not even allowed in the buildings. It's going to be soon. They might not be allowed in the state. Yeah, so, exactly. So, Bobby, what do you think about that bullshit? The jerseys? Yes. And summed it up. I mean, in his ramblings, you know, you can <laughs> somewhere in there. Listen, I, I certainly I believe in everybody's right to choose. So, you know, if there's a particular guy sitting there saying, you know, I really don't want to wear this for whatever reason. So you're not pro-life. You say fine. You're not wearing it, but the team's still wearing it. But then at the same time, I also agree. Hey, you know this is something the NHL has brought down. You got to wear it for 20 minutes. You know, 
help everybody feel a little more inclusive. I think you're a dick if you don't do it. Yeah, it's just such baby bullshit, yeah, you know? It's, like it's, it's like nonsense that doesn't need to happen. It just pisses some people off. Makes feel. I mean, it's why everybody fucking hates everybody else. It's just yeah. depressing. Jesus Christ! I don't just... Anywhere near their money. If my work told me I got to wear a jersey for twenty minutes, I'm just going to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck, man. So you guys want to get to these trades? Sure. Yeah. What you got? The, the, right. the, the first one, your number five, you were saying was from San Jose. No, that's no, right. I wanted Anaheim. to find that. Jeff, Jeff Friesen, no. right? But Jeff Friesen, oddly, is not on my list. But oh, I just okay. I, I just bonus. saw it. Um, but let's see. All Devils trades with um, Anaheim. I want to see that. I mean, just a couple, right? You would think that you just want to find... You know, just like any kind of memorable ones. Uh, this is not as good as the other one that I had, the other site I was on. So Lemon party? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, <laughs> I never heard of that. It's like an old joke. It's like a old... What joke is that? I, I don't know. That somebody sends you a link to that. And it, it's like... It's like when somebody sending 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 you things. The girl that (laughs) screams at your face, she's like, "Ah!" Yeah, I mean, I've heard of other people getting them. I never did. I don't. Nobody emails me. I meant to forward that to you. Sorry. (laughs) But okay, I just never heard of a lemon party. Yeah. And now I have, and I'm kind of wishing I didn't know about it. Yeah. No, it's awful. It's awful. So these five trades that I have here are completely my opinion and it's not about like you know what player came in and you know played the longest or just i'm talking even if they were there for a year or two years it's the impact they had on the team when they were there and of course the value that you had to give up to get that person so my number five and this happened this was june 29th 2006 anybody want to take a stab at that one 2006 oh i I feel like no. It was with Edmonton. Oh, Hall. Yes. Adam Larson for Taylor Hall. Right, right, right. You know, That's Taylor really, Hall. That paid off really the following year, though, right? Yes. That's what it is. You know, and, and, you know, you're talking about a playoff berth that never would have happened without him. You know, right. the only Hart Trophy winner in Devils history. As much as you might not like the guy now or just whatever you think of him or, you know, he's pretty much – He's like fucking parsley. He's just there. But, uh, you know, it's that season, that one season with this team was yeah. dynamic. Yep. And he carried an entire team on his back he, into the playoffs. Our trophy. A player on the Devils carry a team like that until Jack Hughes. The last time yeah, we were right. close, it was an entire line called A-line. Yeah. That, yeah, that one player happened. do it? Yeah, you're right. I mean, we haven't one had player, much of that. Definitely. And, and, yeah, uh, and – it was a good. It was a good trade. Yeah, it was, I mean, you gave up Adam Larson. Like, I mean, it's you really. It was, and at the time, that trade was like everyone was like, "Holy shit, Edmonton got fleeced." And yeah, they was did. It, was it Burke at the time? They were like, "We got to. He's time for him to go." Yeah, just he shot. You know. Yeah, I mean, that was just everybody. The whole hockey world, you know, was just you just gave up Taylor Hall for Christ's yeah. sake because McDavid had just gotten into the league. They, you know, Edmonton, I had a, a kind of an idea of what he was going to be. I'm sure they didn't think he was going to be this, but you know, it was, it was some legitimate controversy at the time. Like, who would you get rid of, Taylor Hall or Connor McDavid? Because it right. was obvious back then they were not getting along, and there was a rift in the locker room, and one of them had to go. And I remember so much talk about, I don't know, I think Taylor Hall is the better player. Could you imagine the Edmonton if they stayed with Taylor Hall and let and Connor McDavid go? Gave us McDavid? <laughs> yeah, but that one hey, year. Wow, yeah. <laughs> that one year with the Devils, he was amazing. Yeah, and it definitely turned around, and you know, the, the team, a huge impact, definitely a gigantic trade, and it really helped the team up until they had that one bad season, and he kind of lost his shit. I remember that game. He started yeah. getting mad at the fans, and it was like, fuck you. Yeah, he, and, he, I, look, I don't really like Taylor Hall. I didn't really like him when he was with this team. It was kind of yeah. like I was – begrudgingly rooting for him like you know, you know I, I just i'm glad he's helping my team but i fucking don't like this dude yeah yeah not a real team guy number four january 4th 1998 devils mm. make a trade with the san jose sharks okay 
San Jose gets Valerie Zelipukin and Billy Guerin, and the uh, Devils get Brian Maher and Jason Arnott. And yeah. we all know that out of all the names in that, the only one that matters is Jason Arnott. Right. Exactly for the reasons that Bobby just stated was the A-line. We yep. didn't know offense in this state. And anyone who followed this team, it was, you know, the 3-2 games. It was, but Jason Arnott came here and that completely changed. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and he added the kind of scoring that was like needed with the other guys with him. I mean, he had the size, he could hit, and um, he had the right touch at the right time. But, you know, what a good fit for that line, you know? Best person to put with, like, an Eliage, and just really good. Just a great fit. Now, like the Taylor Hall does not get on this list if he doesn't win the Hart Trophy. And he doesn't get on this list if he doesn't win the Hart Trophy, and if he wins the Hart Trophy, and we've had other Hart Trophy winners. But we haven't. He's the only one. It's the only reason he gets on that list. Yeah. Jason Arnott only gets on that list because of the 2000 goal, a 2003 goal against Dallas. You know, that's the reason it's, you know, when you can score an overtime goal to win a Stanley Cup, every fucking kid who ever lays yeah. on skates dreams about that. And Jason Arnott was able to freaking it, do it. It was a beautiful thing. Definitely like solidifies and cements it. But I'll tell you this, that A-line was probably the best line as far as like clutch and, oh, yeah. you know, talent, but also gritty as fuck. Like, has this team ever had a better line for a more consistent amount of games, you know, like for a, that long of a span of mm, games? It's they two, played? It was two straight years, you know. Yeah. In 2000, we won the Cup. In 2001, we actually led the league in scoring, not in 2000 when we lost the Cup. Oh, yeah, you're right. That. They think we were just good at scoring for this one blippy year where we won the Cup. Right. It all started with the Arnott trades. I don't know if I agree with you, Chris, that he wouldn't be on your list if he didn't score that goal. I mean, you're talking about – Three straight years, right. pretty much. Yeah, I, mean, I think part of the Devils' best line in history, really. I mean, everybody loves the crash line. It was the best. It was the best in terms of like you're pulling for these guys. You love it. You love what they add. But they, come on, we know which yeah. line is better and which yeah. line was more and, talented. And without that goal, maybe maybe Arnott does make the list. Maybe this trade does because he really. I mean, he was extremely impactful, and you know, he still kind of has some roots. You know, here you always see him kind of back at some games and stuff. It's just he's you know. He's had success other places, but never like he did here. Mm-hmm. Fuck the goal. How about that assist? Yeah, this yeah. was fucking beautiful, man. Had yeah. He made yeah, but he's not on this list. He wasn't a trade, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so he made the same mistake as Jack Hughes. He got drafted. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Number three, September 4th, 1990. It's a trade the Devils make with the Montreal Canadiens, where the Canadiens get. Sylvain Turgeon and the Devils acquire Claude Lemieux. Claude Lemieux. Yeah, and that is, you know, again, Claude coming to this team brought an element and changed the dynamic of this team, um, you know, like like nobody. Uh, you know, he was 95. I mean, he just said, oh, it's playoff time, you know, and became this animal out there on the ice. I mean, I looked yep. it up. He had 13 games in the playoffs. I'm sorry, in 20 games in the playoffs, he had 16 points, 13 goals, three assists. I think six of them were uh, game winners. And he won the fucking Conn Smythe. And First how ever much Stanley Cup. under the skin did he get on that team every was, game? I mean, I mean, Marshawn had really nothing on him but stupid, some goofy, dirty tricks. Yeah, and, you're and, right. And, and, you know, he's got some great tour. I'm not trying to shit on Marshawn, but... Nobody got under the other team skin as much as Claude Lemieux. And boy, if you ask me what kind of player, if you're not going to get your Timo Meyer, that you could just pluck and really add to this team, a Claude Lemieux type. We don't have a player like that. They, you know, I think it would be huge in the playoffs to get somebody who's going to put the focus on him and, you know, take it off your top line and then come in with some clutch goals, like huge clutch goals out of yeah. nowhere after he totally pissed off your team. Uh, that that is an intangible that this team that we love right now is doing so good. We don't have that guy. We do not have a shit stir, and I I think they get overlooked when it comes to playoff time. I, I completely agree. I would love to have somebody like Claude Lemieux on this team. I mean, he yeah. was just 
and, and, you know, and you know, I know he can't. He didn't. He got traded, then he came back, and you know, the second stint was nowhere near as successful as the first. But right. but you know, then he goes out to Colorado, does the exact same thing out there. You know, yes. just wins a cup with them just by being the biggest pain in the fucking ass ever. Everybody in Colorado and De- in Detroit rather wanted him dead because he fucking blew up what's his name's face on the friggin' dashes in that yeah, playoff yeah. in '96. But this that? dude Probably. was just tough as nails and you know he'd give you good numbers during the regular season but i don't know the devils most certainly never had a guy that turned it on in the playoffs like claude lemieux no uh, that would be it'd be such a huge get right now but i don't see anybody out there to fill that right no i don't what about you b you think there's anybody out there that could actually fit that kind of style with this team? Back to it. i mean i thought wood was on his way of doing that yeah. Really, I don't know what Wood's doing at all, so I'm not really sure. It's know. a shame. This is a great call because Wood definitely has that potential, right? He's got yeah. the size. He plays in such like a weird, aggressive manner that when he's crashing in net, he's going to piss people off. But you know what? He never leans into that. He yeah, never, if anything, he gives him like a, like, what you mad at me for? You know, instead <laughs> of like the kind of guy who would be like jabbing the butt end of his stick in your ribs, like, well, why don't you go fuck yourself? And just send the guy over the limit, you know? Like yeah, that's yeah. He's a guy who's a case of a mixed identity. I think the coaches either have to tell him, look, you go on a top line and just freaking go north and try to score or come down here and just, you know, cause havoc. He's kind of caught in the middle, I think, because he's yeah. not the wood he should be. He yeah, should be. He's been a big disappointment. I think we can all kind of agree on that. Uh, you know, it's it, – I. You see, His idea and, of playing a, with an edge is, is just leads him to take penalties. Yeah. He doesn't know how to do that without taking too many penalties. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I don't know if you moved him up to the first line, if he would give you anything. You know, I, I don't – I mean, he's proven that he's, when he has opportunities, the guy's just – you know, this team, I, I mean, they're really – when they are, have off nights, I've never seen a team miss the freaking net as much as these guys do. They are, you know, all over the freaking place. But, you know, you look at how many chances – Wood, Hala, you know, Tatar up until last night. And, you know, I think Ken Danico is building a statue of him outside of the rock now because he had two <laughs> freaking goals. Uh, I was watching the fucking pregame and he's going on and on about, you know, oh, and now you know it's going to start coming. It's going to, you say that whenever anyone in a slump, you know, yep. has, has, they said that Sharon Govich um, has, has uh, that he's streaky. No, 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 no. Streaky means you score goals and then you get a little cold and then you score goals. He just doesn't score goals. You know, right. he's got like, I think he does have like 14 goals or something this year. But he's not streaky. No, well, he the bigger just, streak is no no goal. That's no point the streak. That's, that's the, the fucking longest streak. streak he has. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, we're going to use the word streaky. Yeah. Like your underwear. Exactly. Right. Forgotten hero of that 95 run. What do you think? 95? No, thank The, the, the first legends back then, but. Oh, so like not your Bruce Drivers and Tell guys. The guy who had more points than Claude Lemieux, but you almost forget about him. Oh, who had See, you more... forgot about him? Randy McKay. Well, no, that was my boy. No, had more points than Claude Lemieux. More points in the playoffs, but obviously didn't win the Conn Smythe. In '95. '95. And forgotten, so it's not Scott Niedermeyer. It's well, it's not. It's a forward, for sure. Spencer's killing me. Are you ready? No, yeah. no. Really? B- Ber- Bernie Nichols? No? <laughs> Bernie Nichols was not 95? He was 2000? I wouldn't have thought of him. I right. No, he was 95. He was 95, right? This is not the answer. It's not Bernie it's just, Nichols. Oh, no. Bernie Nichols probably had three goals. Uh, I don't know. I'll look that Pops. up. Look it up. Who was it? Stefan Richet. Oh, I was going to fucking say him. Son of a How dick. How can we not say Stefan Richet? That's Nobody obvious. thinks of him at all. He was amazing that run. Yeah, he sneaks up from behind. Does that oh, joke. that old joke? <laughs> that old yeah, joke. Yeah. I wonder what he's doing these days. Oh, I think he's married. I think he owns a. Like he, he breeds dogs with his husband in uh, Nova Scotia or something. That sounds nice. Um, did, it really you know does. What, you know what? I hope Claude Lemieux could do for us. Give us Timo yeah, Meyer. That would right? be great. He's, he happens to be Timo Meyer's agent. Which what? Wow, what a. What a weird turn that was, but you know what though? I think you know somebody's got to get Claude this uh, podcast so he can be like, dude, look, man, there's these I three idiots one of our in listeners. New Jersey that totally want Timo. You got to do it for these three schmucks, yeah. and uh, you know, hopefully we'll do it. But man, I fucking loved Claude Lemieux. 
And you know what the best thing about Lou was at that time? Like, just having such a good pulse. Like, he, if you noticed, like, he would make trades that would piss Devil fans off because we wanted these guys, you know? But it would be these trades. Like, he would say, you know, yeah, I'm going to make a trade with somebody. He'd always trade him, like, a year before they fell off the yes. cliff. Yes, so they were like, give... not my Zelopukin. Right. What are you doing? And then and he then goes to Edmonton. He like, has Jason a good... Arnott. Who's Jason Arnott? He's like, shh. Exactly. And then Zelopukin goes there. Zell and who? He, he, <laughs> exactly. He has a good season, you know, and, yeah. and Edmonton feels, okay, you know, we got our money's worth. And then he just fucking falls off a cliff. Then you, you drive around the quarter that... and the car that he sold you is just, right. you had a great way about him. He was just I mean, moving he was... guys right before they broke down. That was it. I mean, yeah. he knew it. He'll give you, yeah, I'll make the trade, and you're going to get my guy for one good year, and that's about it. I'm going to get your guy for five good years. And he was just so much uh, ahead of every other GM. Um, you know, yeah. he's kind of fallen off because the way the game's changed, he has not been able to quite keep up. But I do wonder about that with him. Like, all these rule changes definitely changed the way somebody like Jacques Lemaire would be able to coach in this league. But... um what does that do for like a G, like a GM? Like, what is it about him that was better suited to those days than these days? And, oh. I mean, he did have some success building the the Islanders up. I mean, uh, they are a, playing good now. Yeah, and the Bo I mean, Horvat trade I thought was you know genius. Got him to the finals a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, he's just you know that's not a a bad run he's had there. But I mean, is his what is it about his style that could possibly be suited to the old game versus the new game? I don't even know. No. A lot of it could have just been being in New Jersey and just right. just didn't have to deal with like we we were boring and we knew it and we won. He didn't give a shit. He just went yeah. out and got whatever pieces it was going to take to win. He broke well, up the A line just because he thought they were too big of a focus on the team. And everyone's right. like, "Oh, boohoo! Our team's going to suck." And what do we do? We win the Stanley Cup the next year in part because of Friesen and that trade. Yep. Like, well, a lot of that was also very that, true. Good idea. You know, yeah. like Jacques Lemaire and those early teams, you know, Jacques Lemaire and Lula Morella together had an idea of the team they wanted to build. You know, right. they, they had a system in place and they needed the guys that can play that system. And, you know, I think a lot of that Lou still kind of clings to that. I don't know if he really knows, you know, too much about, you know, how to build a team like, you know, the Edmonton Oilers, you know, even back then. Well, uh, you know, not so much this year, but last year, wouldn't you say the Islanders were fast? And that was not like a Lou Lamorello thing. So he's trying to do something different. I mean, I guess he's trying, but it's still to me right now, they just seem kind of older and slower. But what were you going to say? That's true. There, there's a player mentality that we have to consider in this too. Brodor literally could have been making twice what he was making his entire career. He always chose less money for the betterment of the team. Players just don't do that anymore. There's a few guys who do. I, I think it was one of the guys in Boston was just saying that, you know, you got to take a little bit less to have a full team. But most of these guys just don't do that. And Lou was really good at saying, these are the guys I want. I want the guys that are going to do that. And look what he did with the Bell Horvath trade. He, he signed him. He came out and said, too long, too much money. Yeah. on this guy. <laughs> Just gives yeah. him the money. He goes, yeah, it was, it was too much. It, you're yeah, right. Awesome. I mean, uh, character, point. character went a long way with the, uh, the Devils back then, you know. Yeah. It really did. You didn't see every other team it had, like, these, you know, anytime young jerk-offs, you know, got. And think about when they went to the fucking Olympics or whatever, I think it was like 96 or whatever, or 97. And uh, you remember, like, they got into some kind of trouble back then. Yeah, you got Kachuk and, and Chalios and all that. And, and one of the like main dudes. In a little way. Yeah, like, Billy Garen was, like, the only guy that the Devils even had some type of connection. We had traded him, like, the year earlier. Like, again, Lou right. was, like, because this dude didn't fit the character of that team, and Lou shipped him out. It wasn't because Billy Garen wasn't a good hockey player. Billy Garen was a very good hockey player. Uh, maybe not a very good general manager, but, you know, that remains to be seen up in Minnesota. They did right. just beat us, so I should shut up. Yeah, but, uh, got that going for him. All right, my number three pick. This one's going to be controversial to you mm. guys. I think you guys are not mm. going to agree with me. All right. All right. August 28, 1992, Hartford gets goalie Sean Burke and Eric Weinrich, and the Devils get a 1994 conditional draft pick. Jay Pandolfo and Bobby Holik. And uh, I wanted to not agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh. I didn't know where you were going with that initially. Um, I can't disagree with that. Actually, I think that was actually a very good trade. If you look at yeah. your your parameters of this, like what did they do? 
while they were here. I mean, that, that was a foundation for a long time, except for that one odd year when Holik was like our number one center. <laughs> that yeah, was- yeah, right. But you know what, though? That one year that he was our number one center, he ended up signing a huge contract with the fucking Rangers and, yep. you know, didn't really give him shit. So, yep. again, you know, Lou said, you're going to walk ahead, walk. <laughs> Another great time so underrated, You know, yeah. loved him, hated Hey, I mean, we were so gung ho into the team back in the 2000s stuff, and they're winning. But all that hoopla surrounding uh, Drury in the 2001 Stanley Cup because he was uh, what's his name's teammate who um, got paralyzed. Nobody mentioned that Pedro right. was the captain of that team. That's right. The media just picked it up and went with Denver. And I, those type of things used to burn me up was when we were younger. Man, I got so angry yep. at that. Pedro, oh, yeah. he just did so much more than he gets credit for. And those shutdown lines, maybe they weren't the most fun to watch, but when he was paired with Madden for those few years and there's yeah, shorthanded goals left and right. Yep. Absolutely. That was always the best part of that defense when they would, you know, put the time in frustrate the other team with the like iron grip that they would not let go. Uh, these shutdown lines. And then like halfway through the game, it would, they would get start getting these chances. And when they scored the big goals, it was so beautiful. It was like, yeah. Yeah, this is why they play like that, you know. And here you are now, now they're scoring on you. That was great. And yeah, Pandolfo, fantastic that way. I do wonder, would he have a place in today's NHL? The way the game is called, the way the games, the teams are built. What do you think? Do you think a Pandolfo could play in today's NHL? I'm not even sure. I don't know if he could. I'd really, I don't know if he could. He had trouble playing in the NHL he was playing in. You know, he as far as the he served a purpose that a team needed especially that devil's team and he was the best at filling that purpose if there are still teams now that need a slow plodding amazingly fantastic defensive forward who can chip in a couple of goals he has size he'll take the boards extremely responsible if they're looking for that but he's going to give you five goals a year and if you're okay with that then you then yeah he has a place so i don't know i mean he's coaching because you go back to his college career he was a scorer and he comes yeah. into the Devils, and you know Lou is going to give it his orchestra speech, and he's going to put you where he thinks he needs to put you. So he's right. groomed now in that position. Could he have come out of college on an offensive team and be groomed to be, you know, more of like a power forward? I don't know. Probably That's not. A, look what? At, you look at the longevity. His goals taper off, so probably not. But sometimes it's worth Definitely it. an interesting thought, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, with I mean, another we're system. Now, we're not talking today. But, no, uh, but, you know, in another system, even back then yeah. with an offensive-minded coach and really took him and put him into a position like Western maybe conference. John yeah. LeClaire had, you know, with the with the Flyers or Rendemore, right. you know. Or even like Stevens. You know, a lot of people these days say like, you know, the, it's not like it before where you need a defenseman who can hit and, and that's all, you, you know. Remember, Stevens was scoring like crazy. Oh, and yeah. And he bought into the system and hitting became a, a, a bigger part for him than even scoring. But it was a system that worked. I don't know. I Sometimes I feel like we're almost ready for this pendulum to sh- shift a little bit. And somebody's going to get at least not a purely defensive team like the Devils had, but a team that whose defense is just so much better than we've seen in the last few years that they start teaching lessons to everybody how you know no defense is really going to win you something. And then the and league that, will it, completely change again. And that's yeah. what it does. It's always fluid. You know, it's, it's a copycat league. Once one team has success and the God forbid they win a cup, forget it. Every other team's going to copy it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Number two. Number two. Number two. October 16th, 1989. Trade with the Toronto Maple Leafs who get Tom Curvers. The Devils acquire a 1991 first round draft pick. Mm. That's the trade. Who did that draft pick become? Scott Niedermeyer? Scott Niedermeyer. Wow. He got it. That's good, Bob. So, yes. So, number two is the trade that brought Scott Niedermeyer into New Jersey because, again, you go back to the Cups. They don't win them without him, and he was an extremely exciting – now, talk about a guy who had had the opposite effect or, like, Lou's turned around and said to him, you're going to – we want defensemen, only one guy to score. It's going to be you. That's it. And just stepped back and said, you know, told him that was his job and he did it. But man, what an amazing hockey player. This team, he would fit in with this devil team. He could have yeah. played in any era. I just, I love how he was not the kind of guy to necessarily get the Norris nod because they don't care if he's really defensively responsible. Just he's got to score a ton. Right. 
no, nobody had that balance of amazing, like Norris Trophy should have been winning skills with, uh, you know, impeccable responsibility. He can never afford to make any mistake because he'd get back so quick. Yeah, yeah. gliding. One of the fastest guys, right? Did he did he win the fastest <laughs> skater competition one year during the All Star game? If not, he was like in the top three. I can't even remember. Mm, but the guy had well such amazing wheels and and one of our fastest players to ever play. Yeah, yeah, dude, he was uh, amazing to watch. Absolutely fucking love Scott Niedermeyer. And it would, you know, that's who you want to get. You're going to go out and get a defenseman. You go get a guy like Scott Niedermeyer. Also a character and, guy. Yeah, really you know, just one of the yeah. best moves. To, you know, could, that, that can go into the next list of the best draft picks, too, you know, getting that trade and getting him. He was sure. amazing. Yeah. All right, number one this is kind of not technically a trade so it's not necessarily a trade per se okay? okay there's kind of a trade involved and there's some weird things that happen a positioning set by some chance what was that like a positioning change perhaps no 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 not a positioning change no 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 the draft order okay. all right in the summer of 1991 brendan shanahan decided he didn't want to play in new jersey oh anymore. yeah all right, you guys all know where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. So he decides he's going to go sign with St. Louis, right? So St. Louis has to give New Jersey a, comp- uh, a compensatory pick, right? Uh, draft pick. And, well, just a pick. Lou wanted Scott Stevens, all right? So he wanted Scott Stevens to be with that pick who had just gotten there from Washington. I think they just traded uh, him to uh, to St. Louis. So... Scott Stevens is in St. Louis. Lou, Lou wants him. The Blues general manager said, no, we're not going to give him to you, but we will give you these two dudes. Do you know who those two dudes were? Because I didn't know this until today. Oh, I, that, I, I can't, well, I I can't even imagine. That, no. Yeah, so so they were in – so they were – the Blues offered us Curtis Joseph and Rod Brindamore. Hmm. Wow. And, all right, that's not a bad offer. No. That's not, not a bad offer at all. And it makes you like kind of curious to think about, holy shit, what would that team would have looked like with Rod Brindamore and Curtis Joseph instead of Scott Stevens? Kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. What's more interesting is the fact that Lamarillo was like, no, this is the guy he's owned in on. That's what the was point. Yeah. No one else was seeing to that degree. And it, yeah. it, it, the captain, the time, you might have said, he's crazy. Why doesn't he just take those other yeah, two guys? Right. Right, but Lou, no, it took it to arbitration, became a giant pain in the ass, and eventually the arbitrator settled with Lou's side, and Scott Stevens became a devil, and the rest is history, and I don't really know if if you're even listening to this podcast and we have to explain to you why Scott Stevens was so important to this team and for the three Stanley Cups, and you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. But, I mean, come on, Scott fucking Stevens, not only one of the best. But it is amazing. At the time, he did not have that reputation at being one of the best defensemen ever. He was super talented. He could score. But, you know, he wasn't necessarily one of those years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When Lou made sure, like Bobby said, Lou got his guy. Yep. And Lou saw something in him that nobody, no other coach or general manager did and it was the i mean talk about a culture of a team taking on the captain's persona you know just the, the this team he got in and it was like okay he's our leader like there was no nobody even questioned that his presence just walking into a room demanded it and this team followed him the best captain i think in nhl history yeah i mean this guy there's no Stanley Cups without Scott Stevens. I don't think there's Stanley Cups with Rod Brindamore and Curtis Joseph. Don't get me wrong. I don't think we win a cup. No, but I, I think, think it's really exciting and cool to kind of think about that. Like, yeah, well, that's what would happen with Brodeur if you had Curtis Joseph, right? The year before, he, you know, he, he comes into the league and he plays okay under Terreri. You know, right away everybody knew Terreri's job's in jeopardy. Curtis Joseph, I mean, he may never get a real shot at replacing Curtis You're Joseph. You're right. Uh you know that that would have been crazy to see what happened. And of course, Brendamore's solid guy. Be, I don't know. But, I would have loved uh, to have Rod some Brindamore. other teams podcast selling. Could you, you imagine if we didn't get Brodor? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know? But yeah, man, that's crazy. And yeah, so that's the number one, Scott Stevens. Like, there's there is no, you know, Devils have no legacy 
uh, you know, without Scott Stevens, you know, they're just a, probably a team that never really won anything and they probably don't get any fans showing up to their games and they definitely don't have a beautiful new stadium in Newark. And that's even if they're in New Jersey, I mean, right. because in all honesty, so yeah, I just think this guy single-handedly did more for this franchise than anybody else. Definitely. Definitely. But yet yeah. he's not on my number one all-time New Jersey devil. So we're going to save that one for another time. Okay. One all-time New Jersey devil. So let's let's just got to know who it is, right? I mean, your little list real quick. Let's just, yeah. let's just say. So I understand the concept of how you built your list. Right. There was a trade, albeit not a traditional trade. Right. But a right. trade down that did ultimately still, I mean, we could have picked Brodor earlier, but we tried right. knowing we can pick him later. So I understand why that's not really in your list, but throw that out for a second. Okay. If you want to consider that one of the trades, put that up against Stevens. Which one's the, better? The Brodor one. Yeah, he's my number one all-time greatest New Jersey. Now we don't have to have that podcast. What was that? Now we don't have to have that podcast. You just no, yeah, we're going to have it because there's thirty-five guys before him that I have to. We all have to cover in extensive form. All it's a top 36 seven. list. So, yeah. So, no, no. I mean, listen, how about next show? Because we're hitting our mark, Dan. So we got to yeah. We're going to bounce. Next show, it. I think, should be. I'm going to make an executive decision on this. If you have any feedback, please just forward it into the suggestion box. Um, we have Marty, Marty Brodeur Appreciation Podcast next time, where we just talk about how fucking cool he is and how great yeah. he was. Yeah, definitely. All right. Definitely. It'd be really great love that. other teams' fans could listen because that would just piss them off. Yeah, yeah well, you know, I, I know I work with a bunch of Ranger fans, and I, you know, they know we do this, and they, they're they like, yeah, we they all just like, yeah, download it, but we don't fucking listen to it. Like, yeah, I don't blame you. I wouldn't listen to your stupid Ranger podcast. So Rangers, can I tell you how much more I appreciate Metallica's Where's Your Crown King Nothing song now yeah. than before Lundquist? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I just think of him every time that song comes on. But man, he does have great hair. Yeah, I guess he does. Very jealous of hair. Absolutely. Yeah. And on that note, we will see you when we see you. All right, guys. Fuckers out. Don't get off. Don't get off yet. It's over.